Welcome to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the Insider Toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to open the backstage curtain and unleash your world of events expertise. Hello and welcome back to Behind the Clipboard podcast. I am Tamara Cook. And I'm Melissa Howie. And we've got a very special guest in the green room with us today, Mr. Colin Richardson. Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome, welcome. So I'll tell you a bit about Colin before we uh, get to the nitty-gritties that he'll tell you himself. Colin is the founder of Adept Photo Booths, which is a culmination of over 10 years' experience, energy and dedication to the sports, entertainment and events industry. His background in entertainment and brand activation led to the creation of Adept Photo Booths in 2016. So you've been going for a big five years. Hit the big five, that's right, yeah. It's cause for celebration. I think so. <laughs> so do you want to fill us in on a bit more um, about yourself, just a little bit of background? Yeah, How many sh- people you live with, if you've got pets, <laughs> what's your favourite thing you like to eat? Yeah, well, um, I have pets. I have two chickens and a dog called, called Millie. So <laughs> if we want to go down the, the pet road. Um, so yeah, I've got a, an eight-year-old son as well, Jake, who was part of my motivation to get into, I guess, to do my own thing. Um, to take it right back. But if you look at, I guess, professionally as well, I've always worked in the sport and entertainment business, starting in sport, in coaching sport, um, and then moved, I guess, into the the management of sport and professional sport mainly. Um, A bit of entertainment through um, venues specifically. Um, And since then, I guess, started the the photo booth thing as a bit of a side hustle to start with. And it kind of grew from there to um, be all that I really do now. Yeah, awesome. I remember when we first met and you were working for Venues West and it got me, uh, this is uh, a bit of tea, got me in under the pretense of uh, selling me the venue space and then went, hey, I've got this other business. Uh, how about you need photo booths every time you do an event? <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, sounds good. And here we are. You're going to get a <laughs> call about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, Venues West is a, a great organisation, obviously, and I learned a lot and they kind of worked in really well. I found a lot of the stuff I did, the photo booths, um, added value to the events and I guess that my knowledge in the event management side of things obviously from an event delivery point of view made a made a, um, a good impact as well. Yeah no it was definitely goes goes hand in hand. It does. Worked well. And what what attracted you what made you go into the photo booth market to start with? Yeah the photo booth um, getting into photo booths was an interesting one because I didn't really know a hell of a lot about cameras or um, technology is not really my strong suit, so it seems like a, an unusual fit for most people, I would guess. Um, but I guess through my networks and through uh, the work that I'd done, it was all around helping people reach event objectives. So whether that's in the venue, um, working with sponsors, really helping them get the most out of events when they activate. So we saw a lot of things, tried a lot of things in those areas. Um, so I guess once I started to, to take it a bit further and actually deliver it myself, we started to add quite a bit of value to uh, different organisations and different people we worked with. So they used us more and it went from there. Awesome. awesome. I feel like there's some little quirky stories about photo booth people because you go to photo booth con, don't you? Booth uh, is that con. what it's called? Booth con. Booth con. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's just screaming alarm bells for quirky people to me. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's a really good community. I, th- I think it's um, community is probably the, the key word. 
Um, when you look at a lot of small businesses where there's one or two operators, you do get a little bit isolated in who you work with. Um, so I find like anything, if you can collaborate with people around you, get together, learn from them, um, it's a really good way to um, learn a few things. And yeah, the, the educational stuff's great, but it's you know over a few beers after all that's finished where you really get an idea of how people tick and how they do things. So um, BoothCon's been around, I think, four or five years now in Australia. So um, yeah, I've gone, as soon as it started, it kind of lined up with when I started my business. So um, I was very much just going and, 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 and rubbing shoulders with, with the big boys in the industry and, and seeing how they do things. And the or Australian selfies with them. Yeah, selfies with them. And you look at the Australian photo with the industry, there's actually some really big players internationally. So um, there's a lot of talent and I guess a lot of creative thinkers in, in the space. So just to be with them, work with them and ask them everyday questions. It's, it's really cool to, to see how, how they operate and, and share ideas. Yeah, I remember after you'd been to one a couple of years ago, you were sending me faces morphing into like creatures and oh, just the things you must see must blow your mind. Yeah, yeah, face morphing's really good fun. And it, yeah, it does. I think there's a lot of um, new creative ideas that are always coming out in events and in, in photo booths. And uh, while we're, I guess we're a photo booth company, we see ourselves as a, um, as a video and a photo experience company. So the more you can give people an experience around what they do, that's what they're going to connect with. Not necessarily a photo they can print. Memories are great. We certainly do memories. But I guess when we can provide an experience they don't forget or put them in a scenario that makes them like their heroes at a sports event or a um, maybe a, an artist or puts them in a, in a movie scene, it kind of takes that to a whole new level and, and they get to create the content that they can share, which is, that's the exciting part, I think. Mm, definitely. What I love about your business is that you are always releasing new, exciting options and things because photo booths, the old standard one, you know, you saw it at every event for about four years and then you moved on. Um, what is the coolest thing, and this probably links back to maybe the Vegas conference or BoothCon, the coolest thing you've seen in a photo booth? The coolest thing? Um, there's Yeah, look, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out all the time. So like you said, because there's so much coming around, it, it does uh, get hard to keep focus sometimes and say, well, will this work in my market compared to other markets? Some of the some of the stuff's really expensive. So do I get this? Mm. Well, it's cool. Is it going to uh, is it going to be a market for it and are people going to use it? So the 360 was one thing that I really kind of connected with um, on a couple of levels. I guess it's something you can't really create on your phone, which is really important. Um, if we work with um, event companies and, and brands, they want to, uh, I guess, give their their event goers something they can't create on their phone as something that's a little bit unique. So anything that's a showstopper like that is really cool. So the 360, um, we're rolling out some 360 with green screen um, this week, which will be really cool. Um, another option is stuff that brings people together is I find um, a really, I guess, a really rewarding thing to do. So the mosaic photo wall, for example, that's something where you can, your photo can contribute towards a larger jigsaw puzzle, for want of a better word, or, or a mosaic, which um, really provides that, that I guess, message of, of unity in events. So when you can take it beyond just that experience and tie it into, um, I guess, what, it, what an event can deliver that's where it all comes together for me. I love that as well. I remember a few years ago I tried to get that technology, it must have been maybe four years ago, and you just couldn't get it in Perth. It, someone had come over, were you at that event with me, Mel, when we went to um, Frisk and they did it in the, it was at a networking event. Anyway, no. they did the mosaic and it, they had brought it over from the Eastern States and I was like, I want that. I had a particular client in mind and we just, it became too costly. So it's great to know that it's a lot more accessible. You can get it in Perth. 
um, yeah, we've got all those options. I had another client recently. Um, we quoted them on the 360, your 360 photo booth, their tech-centred um, event. And they looked at the budget and went, whatever it was, over $3,000 for a photo booth. And I said, no, 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 no. This is not your regular photo booth. This is cutting edge technology. Think of what's what you see at SciTech. That's what you're going to get. Because yeah. it's kind of like that setup, isn't it? Where you're in that room in SciTech and the camera goes around you. Yeah, look, it's a showstopper. It's when you, you can look at a photo booth as a tool or something that pumps out a photo. Or you can look at it as something that's going to really add to the experience of your event and be a, a focal point. So um, we like to be part of the event that people talk about afterwards and remember after the event. So mm. I feel if we can go into an event and people walk out saying, wow, how cool was that? And share it all over their social media. That, that's a win for us. Exactly. And yeah. it's a win for the client or the person putting the event on because they're going to be posting about the event. They're much more likely to want to share that sort of unique thing on their social media than just a mobile phone picture that someone took in crap lighting. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's where if you're an event company, um, working with people that, that kind of are willing to ask the questions of themselves in their industry really helps. Because, um, you know, really good event people will ask the experts, hey, what do you think? This is what we want to achieve. What's there a couple of ways we can go about it? And if we can provide some options, yeah, there's different price points and there's different, um, I guess, different uh, levels of complexity involved in delivering some of these things. But if you've got a specific event objective in, in mind, um, again, you're open to options, there's, there's really the sky's your limit creatively. How many different options have you got? Do you know, do you know how many <laughs> you've got in your little storage That's, hub there? It's, it's a good question because a lot of it is obviously there's hardware and software based. So we've got a lot right. of machines that can deliver multiple things. And then we've got parts and machines that come together for different things like our slider, for example, is a, a take on a gift booth that creates like a 3D effect. So um, we could probably deliver 20 plus different experiences for want of a better word. Um, and the equipment and the software, we either have it or we just make it happen to, within that. So it's very much, um, and that's where collaboration comes into comes into play. So when you say it's only available in the East Coast, um, quite often we'll work with East Coast companies to help them deliver events here because they want experts on the floor here. So mm. part of that whole networking and, and I guess learning from how other people operate, you build that trust and you can help deliver events together with equipment that's um one have but one may not and in a market like Australia and Perth's even smaller it means we can get international standard activations here by just collaborating resources and working together. Yeah brilliant. Mm. I love how we when we gave you the challenge of the elf yourself in the Christmas activation <laughs> that we did in a shopping spot once you're like yep let's make it happen and it was great. I love that the things always possible um, it's just a case of comes down to budget time um, and energy, I guess, you want to put into it. And that was one, um, and I guess for people that don't know Elf Yourself, it was when you looked up online and you punch in a little, cut out a little head of yourself and then it dances around on wh whatever it is. But the, the challenge, I guess, to create that is to have it um, delivered and accessible via SMS or email within sort of three, five seconds is, is the challenge. So um, those sort of challenges, is, is, it's kind of why I do what I do, I think. It's it's being challenging those sort of things. So, well, yeah, it's definitely possible, but how can we do it? Um, do it in the time frame that we can make it an experience rather than just a, a post-production um, creative process. Yeah. And my other favourite product of yours is the one that you walk around with. Is that the one you call the slider? A roaming photo booth? Yeah. So it's just a, like a, a circle on a stick. I was just about <laughs> to say a circle on a stick. Yeah. yeah. It's a circle light, a ring light on a stick. 
Yeah. But, but the best thing about it is you can walk around the party. Yeah. You don't have to go to the you photo booth. Engage the photo guests. booth comes yeah. to you so you can be in the middle of a conversation and it doesn't even feel intrusive. It's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really simple concept, right? It's just, a, like you said, a ring light on a stick, um, but it means we can take the photo booth experience to people. So if it's a cocktail event, we're not hidden in the corner. We can move around and, and we can be on the dance floor. We can be at networking drinks. Um, it's really about meeting that outcome of, well, we got a cocktail event. We want to engage people and have a bit of fun with boomerangs and, and photos. So that really gives us an experience to a add to events we already do, but also opens up new events. So things that couldn't have had a photo with previously, like a fun run, for example, or, a um, you know, an outdoor sports event, we can really get around and deliver something like that at high volume with, you know, thousands of people attending, um, and really kind of find new experiences to take to people. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Well, that segues perfectly uh, into my next question, which is uh, from an event manager point of view or a business owner point of view, what are the considerations that you would recommend based on which photo booth or photo experience uh, you would tailor to each style of event? That, that's a really good question. Um, and I think what we do, and I guess my first approach is just, I guess, to forget about the tools. And yeah, we've got all the tools that can roll out different things. They've got lights, they've got cameras, they've got everything we need. But the first thing you've got to really understand is what are your event objectives? So if we can understand the event objectives, then we can provide a recommendation. So when you look at your objectives or who are you engaging, is it, are they young? Are they elderly? Are they, um, you know, are they international students, for example, they're far more likely to email than SMS because I don't have mobile numbers here. But if you were to look at a broader age range, you'd say SMS would probably be more popular. So the more you know about your audience and as good event managers, that's what you're doing. You're putting on an event for your audience. The more of that information you can share with your providers, um, photo booth for as much as anyone else, it just gives us the ammunition to provide the right experiences. And we'll generally pitch two or three depending on those factors um, and I guess that helps us get, put the best options forward. And, and they'll generally be, we'll do one that's, right, if you really want to knock the socks off everyone, here's something you could do, but it's going to be, it's going to come at a price point. But you know what, we can achieve something similar that may not have the wow factor, but here's something that a, a bit more, um, a bit of a lower price point to help you out. So for me, I don't think there's, a, I guess, a, a best photo experience. And new doesn't always mean better, depending on, on your audience. It's really understanding who you are and who you're trying to um, give that that experience at the event, understanding them and what's gonna what's gonna do it for them. Mm, so the mm. more information that you have, the better. Absolutely. So it's more about for us asking questions, um, knowing the audience, and that's how we get the best result. Yeah, it will come down to space or venue as well. I would think because some of the setups are quite um, take up quite a lot of space. Yeah, particularly the three hundred and sixty stuff. Absolutely. What um, sort of footprint does that have? So the three the three hundred and sixty, you're probably looking at a um, four meter footprint. Um, four metres by four metres. And I guess to put that in perspective, it's a, a giant arm swinging around a platform with a with a camera on it. So it can be a bit of a weapon. Um, so you do need <laughs> a confined space where people can't get into it. And then if you look at the 3D enclosure, that's um, like an eight foot tall, uh, I guess, barrier for want of a better word, or a, a pop-up tension fabric um, structure that goes around that. So um, we range from that route to a roaming photo booth where we need no setup time. We need no setup. We, we walk up and start walking around with, with a booth and um, for that one particularly, it's probably more about the people you have and having engaging people that can interact with people and they remember that kind of experience, which is beyond the output, it's just the experience as well. Yeah, and you are fantastic on site at events as well, but I'm assuming you have a team of people who can go around. Do you have more than one light on a stick? 
Um, we have we have multiple lights on a stick. <laughs> I'm sure there's. I know there's a technical name, but I just really like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so our roaming photo booth, we've got quite a few of those. So that's one thing we'll have. Um, we could have anywhere up to six or eight out at one time. Um, and that's, I guess, what we try and do is make sure our gear is flexible to work across different platforms. So a roaming photo booth, which is our ring light photo booth, can be um, on a slider. So it creates a bit of a, a three-dimensional effect. It can be what, on a... What does that mean? Um, I'm getting too techie. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so it's like a... What would be the correct term? It, it just slides along, and I'm using actions, which is not good for a podcast, but <laughs> it, it slides along... It's a, looking like it's, a train. It slides along a little track. <laughs> Let's call it a track that's on an arc. So it goes at um, like a three-foot arc. And so what it means is instead of being right in front of a camera and being a static shot, it'll provide a boomerang that starts slightly to your left, goes right around the front, and then kind of bounces back. So it gives that kind of robotic 3d kind of feel mm. um that's as probably as good as i can explain that <laughs> but but th- that's our that, slide do you strap it on Is that how it works? no no it's 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 like it goes between two tripods so it's a fixed location ah, um, okay. so it's a bit like a gift booth on a tripod but just moves a little bit right so it's not a roaming one not a roaming one right, no. right, so right. i guess but that head unit could be on a roaming photo booth could be on a gift booth could be in our slider so that's mm. when i say having flexible equipment that can just meet the needs of the particular event that's what will really help with that mm-hmm. um so yeah i guess that uh, we got a couple of options there yeah you do and i know the um do you want to talk us through some of the options for sponsorship as well there's a lot of space where you can acknowledge sponsors or put your own logo to really up the branding yeah sure so i guess fr- from a sponsorship perspective there's the very visual stuff like um just branding on on the output so in the email that we send out the photos or the strips you can put a logo on it no problem at all but i guess once you get a little bit deeper into what sponsors are trying to achieve through activating quite often they've got their own sponsorship objectives from events do they want um, data capture perhaps they just want to simply engage the fans of a sporting club that they're working with for example so if they want data we can help them um, with that so obviously a lot of our digital stuff is delivered by email or sms so we can um, capture that information um, we can run surveys on our on our booths to get people's names and other details. Maybe if it's in a venue, they want birthdays, they can send out birthday offers. So um, I That's guess really we'll clever. That's something mm. that I hadn't really thought too much about. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I guess it depends on the event. Sometimes you know everyone at your event, so you don't really need that information. But if a sponsor does, if they just want to wow people, we can do that. If they want to capture information. Um, you've got all of the things that come with it, like the Spam Act you've got to be aware of. So mm. we give a little bit of advice around those things, probably from my experience in, in working in um, event activation for a while. So we try and help our clients through that process. But at the end of the day, it's their call what they want to do. The, on a survey, the more questions you ask someone, for example, people might walk away quicker. It's a barrier to kind of entering, I guess. If there's a compelling reason with... Um, content that's and it goes back to your point well do we want to pay for a 360 photo booth so well how bad do you want someone's information if it's something so cool they want to share it right now they'll queue up to get that that actual content then obviously that's more compelling for them to fill out a survey so it's all about understanding what makes people tick what's going to motivate them to to um, make a decision whether, whether it's to share your content whether it's to perhaps part with some of their their data or their information because they feel it's, it's worth it for the exchange they're getting mm, and where do where does where does the law lie when it comes to getting email addresses and phone numbers and you're collecting them as a third-party operator and then your client says, I'd like all that data, and then they email the people that have been at the event 
does that fall back on you or how do you get around that falling back on you? That's a really good question for a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess from our perspective, we're guided by the SPAM Act. So we, when we um, activate a sponsorship and, and, and sorry, activate a photo booth within a sponsorship context, we're there on, as an agent on behalf of um, often the sponsor or a sports club perhaps. So if there's any disclaimer um, up front that's from them to use the information, we don't use data ourselves. I guess we... We um, focus on the outcome for our clients, so we don't we don't spam people, I guess, with information from from our company. But we we do appreciate that that's an objective of some people is to get information, use it for certain things. So we make sure that we guide them through the process. We don't break any of the the spam act, I guess, from our side. But once we pass on the data, once they've signed a disclaimer, I'll click to disclaimer saying that it is going to be passed on. Once we pass on the information, it's out of our control that they've got the correct measures in place to manage that. But yeah. To be honest, we we work with pretty big brands. That so they're they're more concerned about that than than we are. So they're they're generally they're generally pretty good. Now you've touched on this before with the green screen, but you've just released new AI background removal technology. Can yeah, you tell us a bit about that. Yeah, sure. So essentially, if anyone knows green screen, it, it allows you to um, I guess cut people out from within a context of a, of a photo or a video. Um, and what it does is because there's green behind them, the technology will say, all right, we're going to remove that green, cut that person out, and we can insert any background we want behind that. So that's, I guess, a simple definition of green screen. Um, what we have now is AI background removal is we can do the exact same thing but without a green screen. So what that means is it adds a little bit of a, a wow factor, I guess, because we can do it with our roaming photo booth, for example, and remove the background and put a pattern or a colour or a picture in the background. Um, or a logo. Yeah, or a logo, exactly. So any kind of a media backdrop, anything anything we want. Um, and what it does mean is if you're in a static location, instead of having a big green screen behind what you're doing, um, you could have branded. So um, an example could be if you've got a media backdrop, people can get a photo in front of that, but all of a sudden that gets cut out and there's a tropical landscape on there. People do a double take and it, it's something that just, it's an experience that probably cuts in their memory a little bit more because it's something they know what, everyone knows what green screen does now. So it's not a surprise. They go, oh, this is going to be cool. But when you can surprise them when there's no green screen, that kind of just heightens that experience a little bit. When I've done green screen in the past, it's been a quite a huge setup actually, like quite a big green screen dropping down and a camera set up over the other side of the room. The footprint would have been... I reckon 10, maybe, oh, yeah, I'd, be, I'd say around 10 metres. Yeah, wow. Going one way and maybe three the other. So, yeah, we used up a big corner of the room. This is going back maybe five years. So, with yours, you've just got a tiny little footprint, like a, a regular photo booth, or you can do the 360. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so we do 360. We can do a green screen as well. Um, and now we're doing some some work with um, Sports Club West Coast Fever, who are all green, which is a challenge for green screen. So we've got um, blue. Suddenly they're not there. Their bodies are missing. <laughs> Just floating heads. <laughs> so so that's one thing where the AI, we, we've really pushed for AI because we had, a I guess, um, some clients that say, well, we're green. Green screen has some compromises. So how can we reach the best outcome, which is how we stumbled across AI. So it's just asking those questions. How do we get a better experience for the people we're working with? That's where you push these things and try them and, and really, um, yeah, find, find a space where you can deliver on their outcomes, which is what the best thing for us, I guess. So is it going to be really techie, techie, nerdy to describe <laughs> how that works? Like AI versus green screen? Yeah, well, I guess green screen is something the, the software does by itself. So most photo booth software would be able to do green screen background removal or chroma key um, is what they call it. So it can 
identify a colour and remove it from the photo to replace it with something else. With the AI technology, it actually sends it off to a third party and then sends it back. So um, I don't know who's out there cutting it out, but I don't know, <laughs> I don't know exactly how it works. That's not for me to... Um, that's why other people are on the big bucks. We just, we just, get, we just know um, that from our photo booth, it'll send it off. A couple of seconds, it'll come back into the, the scene. You'll, you'll see the transformation on the screen, which... Um, it's got a really good reaction from the people we've 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 done it with, especially if you think out in the middle of the day with a roaming photo booth, and they're just kind of doing a double take, looking behind them because there's suddenly a different background behind them. It, it just lasts in their memory a little bit longer. Mm, very mm. cool. So I was I was about to ask, how long does it take to come back? Like, is it someone poor person sitting in a sweatshop? Like, <laughs> but, monkey. but no, it can't be for a few seconds. I'm not 100% sure, but if it is someone doing that, they're very quick. Very so take, fast. Because <laughs> it takes about three to five seconds and it's wow. uh, it's up there. I like to call it building suspense um, when you're with it. It's all part of talking people through it, looking at the screen. It's got a little wheel wait spinning and saying, wait, wait for, for it, it, here it comes. Um, but yeah, we like to think it's worth it. You know what I love about that as well? The reverse of the example you gave, they stand in front of a media wall and you give them a tropical scene. They stand in front of anywhere and you can put the media wall behind them. Absolutely. Those things cost a lot to print. Those six metre by two metre media walls, they could just snap a photo anywhere and you could um, digitally put in the, the media yeah, wall. Yeah, it's an Absolutely. unbelievably that sustainable awesome. option. Yeah, and it, you're right, it's such a waste. I hate printing a mm. six metre one-use um, media wall. Yeah, because drives possibly, me insane. yeah, it's unlikely that you'll have the exact same sponsors exactly. for the next event. So yeah, And that can be a bit of an eyesore as well. At yes. an event where you've got beautiful theming and all of a sudden there's a big white um, big white square with a couple of logos stuck on it. So you yeah. can really be a bit more subtle with how it is. And um, I think when you've got, I guess, changing categories for sponsorship, so you may have, um, if it's an awards night, for example, a particular brand associated with one um, one award, you can actually, they can get full share of voice within that. So you start to put yourself in on the playing field of, of media in, in sports events where they can put different logos and different things. You, you really have more flexibility to change it up and, and take different photos within, within one event. Yeah, that's fantastic. It really changes the whole face of sponsorship at events, really. Yeah, that's, it's, I think anytime, anytime you can, can analyse those objectives more and that's what, Exactly what you say, the more you can figure out, well, what do we need and how can we take this event to the next level? Um, especially when you talk about awards nights, perhaps they're annual. So it's trying to raise the stakes of that without um, and giving people a new experience that may experience the same thing every year. If it's an annual awards evening, mm -hmm. those little things can, can make an impact. Great. Terrific. Now, I've also been dying to ask you, did you have to change much through COVID? Obviously, during lockdowns, events weren't happening. Was it just people had to go in in masks or, oh, can you AI off masks? <laughs> <laughs> we Put a green mask on yeah. it there. It's, it's Imagine a, guessing what was behind someone's mask. <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a good question. We, um, I guess we've, when COVID happened, I guess event shut down, so we mm -hmm. weren't operating. Um, we did a few different things where we helped some, um, some churches live stream services and things like that. So we put our um, equipment to somewhat good use rather than okay. it sitting gathering dust. We did a few things like that. Um, but once, and probably more once we came back, we had a really busy back end of the year um, where people were making decisions and events and just saying, go, let, let's do it and trying to get them out of the way in case they had another lockdown. Yeah, um, lead times are like exactly. <laughs> and, and a millisecond. Yeah. yeah, and you just you just do it. You say yes and smile and, and 
um, feel great for you. You've got the work after sitting around for uh, for six months. So um, I really feel for, I guess, people in Melbourne who um, in the photo with community really stayed in touch with a few people there that had a lot tougher than we did in mm. Perth, obviously, where they just came out the back of it, then got shut down again. Um, but when we went and we did have actually masks at events, it's it's an interesting thing. We did do, do a few um, and that some of them were really last minute where they're making a decision on Friday, is our wedding going ahead Saturday? We don't know what the rules are going to be. If they are, this is, these are the, um, I guess, the restrictions. For, for a lot of events and weddings, people were allowed to take their masks off for photos. Um, but then again, the so people that, that didn't, that that's that was, it's, it's a point in time. They're getting married mm. during, during mm. a pandemic so that the the masks um, got a bit fashionable and it was kind of a, a statement I think people will look back on and hopefully, you know, remember the good times rather than rather than the bad times from it. Um, from an AI removal, it's tricky because a lot of it does do facial recognition. So mm-hmm. it looks at maybe your eyes and your nose and your, and your mouth features to put like props like Snapchat, which mm-hmm. we can do. Um, so we found it was a bit problematic. So they either took their masks off they're in a wedding setting because they could or we took photos with masks on and um, people still seem to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Nice. Now, what's next for Adept? What's next? That's a really, really good question. Um, so I guess we keep um, asking questions of our event companies. Hey, what, what, what do you guys got coming up? How can we make your events better through photo experiences? So um, I try not to, I guess, dictate what's going to be what's going to be around in, in a year, two years from now. We, we have... Um, I guess we have our best guess now of what it is. And I think probably 360 we've, we've had for a year and a half, nearly two years now, and that's really starting to ramp up um, in popularity now. Are you the only ones that do it in Perth? Um, I believe so. Yeah, there may, you never know, someone might might buy one. We're definitely the first. Um, we're the first with those and also with the roaming photo booths. Mm. Um, but I guess we don't get too concerned about... Um, competitors I guess um I guess we work with a lot of people we're happy to work with people from wherever um our priority is if people are having good photo booth experiences the demand of everything kind of rises and as long as we can deliver if the more people delivering these experiences professionally the better for everyone is is my kind of take on it so um the other thing we've got new is our mosaic photo wall which I think is really going to ramp up in popularity the back end of this year and probably next year um, I think that's going to become popular for, for weddings. Um, it's really, a for me, a storytelling medium because a lot of individual I- images come together for one, whether it's a logo, whether it's a, um, a photo of a, of a bride and groom. You can get photos from the wedding of guests. You can get photos from their pets, from their holidays. You can really use it as a bit more of a storytelling medium. Mm. Um, and the third thing is probably video is going to become a lot more um, mainstream, I guess. So we do a bit more with video with obviously the 360, but also in a static video, putting people in TV commercials and really giving them that um, a bit more of an experience with their with their photo booth is something I'm looking forward to rolling out as well. Exciting. Very exciting. I can't wait to see it in action. Yeah, no, I can't wait to show you guys. <laughs> so we usually ask each guest, what is your very favourite event experience you've ever had? doesn't have to be to do with photo booths, but it can okay. be if you like. But is there event that's an event that sticks out in your mind that you were just mind blown and that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess I've been involved in sport for a long time and, and there's a lot of sporting events and game days we felt roll out, which we're really, um, I guess, are really proud of. But probably the one that sticks in 
my memory was when I was at um, down the road actually at, at NLB Stadium, which is now HBF Park. Um, massive Foo Fighters fan, so to have the Foo Fighters play there was the first concert I ever worked on. Um, and like I said, so so different. A, a lot of work for a long time with a you know a small group of of five us five or ten of us kind of doing the organising, then rolling it out with at the whole staff and, and probably just standing up in the grandstand, seeing a, a, a stadium full of people, the Perth skyline in the background and all this stuff was, was pretty cool saying, you know, a small group of us made this kind of happen. So that's, that's probably the, the best event experience I can, I can think of. Did you meet Dave? Um, didn't know. No, no. <sighs> but it's probably Ripped a good off. thing because my role was on emergency evacuation of the band if that <laughs> did happen. So that's one thing that I'm happy to take for the team. I didn't have to pull, <laughs> pull a band off stage. Yeah. <laughs> Glad that you didn't meet him. <laughs> yeah, okay. We weren't shoving him into the back of an ambulance. Awesome. <laughs> that is a, a tick for Perth. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. So, Colin, where can people find you? Um, yeah, so you can probably our website's the best place to start. Um, so adeptphotobooth.com.au. Um, we operate in Perth and, and Melbourne specifically and, and regionally WA quite a bit, um, but we've got a network throughout Australia. So, um, yeah, look, just happy to chat about events. Have you got some unique um, things you want to roll out? Always drop us a line and, um, yeah, happy to throw around ideas. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being in the green room. It's been great. I think we've been trying to get you on this podcast for the last two years and it's finally happened. finally happened. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, jump into our Facebook group, Behind the Clipboard Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Melissa just wrote me your intro, so I'm just reading it. <laughs> Colin Richardson is the founder of Adept Photo Booths, which is a combination of over 10 years' experience, energy, and dedication to the sports, entertainment, and events industry. Almost sounds like I wrote it myself. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> it's straight off your LinkedIn. So. <laughs>